Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's up, people who made it here on time? Does not include Craig Elston, but I'm not surprised. I saw him half an hour ago, and he told me he's five minutes late to everything today. But I have beer, multiple beers, actually, and uh, an incredible lack of patience. Um, and if you have been following me as a fan for a long enough period of time, as a fan of the Padres, the Chargers, pretty much any other team, you probably assume that my lack of patience is with the team. But for some reason, it's really not. Like, I I feel like everyone is super depressed and everyone is super critical of A.J. Preller and the San Diego Padres. And... Outside of some like hindsight is 2020 bullshit, like I really don't see how the Padres could have done a better job of putting a team together. Like it, you know, the a year ago or less than a year ago, we were sitting around going like this team is pitching away. Hi, Craig. This team just needs John pitching and we'll be fine. And then they went and they got pitching and the pitching's not performing. And like, I, I don't know who to blame for that. Like, I don't know if that's, baseball's fault i don't know if that's larry rothschild's fault but man everyone's so down on this team right now craig what are you drinking well group therapy brought to you on padre sata by hop valley brewing company i am about to enjoy a mango stash i think it'll go down a lot smoother than the bottom of the third inning in arizona i believe the name of that um, beer is actually mango and stash similar to man- uh, tango and cash oh mango and stash i get it yeah um delicious and i might need to or more uh the way this game is going i just walked into the middle of what you said but um this might be the second straight group therapy i'm coming at a different angle but right now i feel right now i feel like exposed and, and and upset as a padre fan that we've been left out to dry and when you ask how could they possibly have done better here's the thing everyone they counted on for depth for the Padres rotation for a while has not been available. Adrian Morahone has not been available. Michelle Baez has not been available. Mackenzie Gore has not been available. And these were supposed to be some of the backup guys for the San Diego Padres pitching staff this year. They were down to Nabil Chrismat in a hurry. And everyone knew this. And at the bull at the deadline, instead of at least just getting uh, Zach Davies, you know, I mean, we br- we brought up however many different arms, right? They could have gotten Mike Miner. They could have gotten. There's a million guys they could have gotten. And what they did was they they held Pat. That that day, Chris Paddock got hurt. Ryan Weathers has turned into an automatic loss, and now you Darvish is hurt again after another bad start that could lead to another loss against the worst team in baseball. 
uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I didn't I didn't see you know, that Darvish got hurt. I saw that that the Padres are giving up lots of runs. Explain to me the hurt because I was still busy washing vomit off my arm uh, up until like two minutes. The ago. Uh, the trainer just came out on a uh, two out pitch after he spun and maybe turned his ankle a little bit, but it seemed like they might have been talking about the hip again. Uh, and it was a very quick conversation. He did not fight to stay in the game, and he got taken out. Awesome. Um, yeah, awesome, right? So the Padres might now have two starters, an automatic loss, and two bullpen days going into the hardest schedule in baseball starting on August 25th. Right, it's it's uh, it's deja vu all over again is what it is where the, the Padres are starting pitching away. Everyone else is more starting pitching than the Padres, and they're, and they're sitting there going, if only we had starting pitching, we would be able to compete with the Giants and the Dodgers and the Reds and everybody else. Um, right, and that's what gets me mad, because you could have signed Cole Hamels. The reason you couldn't have signed Cole Hamels... Well, no, 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 stop. That's ridiculous. You can't say they could have signed Cole Hamels because you don't know if Cole Hamels had it in his head that the only team he was going to sign with was his childhood love, the L.A. Dodgers. Like, you can't just assume they could have signed Cole Hamels. That's ridiculous. Okay, if you couldn't have signed Cole Hamels, you couldn't have traded for Zach Davies? Did Zach they Davies get traded? Away? No, but they were giving people away on the cheap, and he hasn't been good very much at all this year. The Padres Where the was only the aggression? team that we're looking for pitching? Like, I, I, I have to assume that if Zach Davies wasn't traded for spare parts, then it's because they weren't trading him for spare parts. Like, I the the idea that there's all these like pitchers out there that were available for nothing and the Padres chose to ignore all of them is silly to me. And it's it's making assumptions that the team is incompetent, that the front office is incompetent. And like we're coming from a place where this offseason we were like, God, look at this incredible team they built in basically two years, uh, especially this offseason. We were literally talking about how they didn't have enough space in the starting rotation for all of the arms that they were trying to fit into it. And now we're sitting here going like, oh, look at all these missed opportunities like I have to assume that if they didn't get Zach Davies for nothing, it's because either he wasn't available for nothing or they think he's terrible. Okay, well, without doing the – one of the worst things that often happens in sports dialogue and sports discussion is that we start to to uh, erect and knock down a series of straw men. Right. So I, just, I just don't want the revisionist history. You're absolutely right. Yeah, no, well, look, you're absolutely right that maybe it wasn't Hamels or maybe it wasn't Davies. But here's something that I think is indisputable. Okay. We've been talking since spring training about the Padres' lack of second-line depth. Correct. Okay? This has been a recognizable problem for the organization for months. And I'm not saying this guy, but a guy like that. Okay, Mike Leake has never been signed all year long. The Fabrikai kid. Maybe there's a reason why. Maybe he's another bad example. But not just having somebody in AAA as a second line and a third line of defense, especially once Morahone went down with season-ending injury. That needed to be, we need to add a replacement arm in the organization. And they didn't. They've continued to, to count on the big guns that they've got and to count on the depth that they've got. And the problem is it's all run out. Gore is an empty well. 
He's not available. They were counting on him. He should have had 60 to 80 innings by now. He hasn't made – he's not going to, according to Dennis Lynn, pitch at all in the big leagues this year. And that means that now if Weathers is going to be a disaster start every time out, their only other option is to turn to the guy who came in and relieved for him, you know, Reese Kinnear. And I don't think any of us were like, well, Reese Kinnear is the key to a good solid September. So it, it is depressing, John, because you're right. They spent a lot on pitching and they spent a lot on Mike Clevenger, which is, you know, garnered absolute zero result. While a guy like Cal Quantrill has thrown three quality starts in a row in, in Cleveland as like a 3.1 ERA for the tribe this year. And like, he would be a great part for right now, but you can't go back and erase the trades. You can't go back and change things. Austin Nola has been hitting. Well, you know, makes you feel better about the Seattle trade. Nonetheless, all of that with all the starting pitching, they, they acquired and look, the Dodgers have, have, have had it all fall apart too. Right. I mean, Kershaw, Bauer, May, Gonsolin most of the year mm -hmm. they've had most of they've had most of their starting pitching fall apart this year a lot of teams starting pitching has fallen apart this year but when it came down to it the Padres didn't or couldn't add to that well in any way even just a a, a mucker and now we're like down to do we want like awful human being and terrible pitcher Jake Arrieta to join the Padres because he might be better than the blank spot, uh, you know, of either an injured Darvish or an ineffective Weathers or an absent Paddock. I'll let you, uh, you know, know right now. I've I've watched Jake Arrieta over the last few years. He is not better than a blank spot. He is worse. I think he is too. I think he'd be trash. You know, um, and, and I agree with that. But you know, I I still don't believe in the Reds. But I I don't like at all this club's trajectory right now. And I, I think it's it's really not where you want it to be. And does a five-run inning in Arizona affect me maybe and it's too much recency bias? Hey, maybe. You know, absolutely. This is group therapy, though, and venting is part of group therapy. And, you know, this club has had a series of embarrassing losses over the last couple of weeks. And you say, well, they've won, a, they've won enough games. They haven't lost a series. They, they've been okay. But they've lost some embarrassing games. Uh, they gave up yesterday. Uh, they, they they flatly got a signal from their manager in the third inning that they, they needed to give up, and they gave up. Uh, and now here's another game they were ahead and behind, and I want to see if they show any fight. Because last week, uh, this time against Arizona, they were ahead, they fell behind, and they cashed in their chips. And I, I feel like this team isn't taking things quite as seriously in some ways as they need to, and in other ways roster construction is is killing them. Okay, so because I have I have a question about are. this. I have a question about that. So so look, it, I made this point on a, I think last week's group therapy that like shockingly last year's uh, last season's um, starting pitching staff was actually like kind of preferable to this season's, despite the fact that before this year we were before this season we were talking about having three aces with like Gore and Modejon like filling out the the other two spots and Weathers waiting in the wings and. Oh, we, I mean, we were so hyped about the starting rotation and, and last year's starting rotation turned out to be better, but, um, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. What were you just saying? Well, uh, the combination of the, the roster construction. Oh no, I know it is. I know what it is. being given away. We haven't, we haven't really talked about this much. And I, I mentioned it briefly on, I think discord, maybe Twitter. I think it was discord. 
about how last year I felt like all of the players were trying to fire each other up all the time. And I think part of that was there was just no one in the crowd. And so when they would hit a home run, there was nowhere to look. Like either you're looking out into empty seats or you're looking into the dugout and like trying to fire your team up or, you know, occasionally looking into the opposing dugout and pissing off the opposition. Um, But this year, there doesn't seem to be any of that like fire each other up thing. And remember in the offseason, like we talked about like Trent Grisham being like a red ass. And, like, Tommy Pham being a red ass. And them being the type of guys that are just not going to let this team roll over and give games away. And that really hasn't been the case, especially with Grish. Like, Grish is not anywhere near the same type of personality that he was last year. Which is the strangest thing, because he's still, like, pretty much exactly the same ball player. He just, he's not... He's not flipping off the the his teammates. He's not counting his home runs while he's running around the bases. He's not like yelling at people when when they're not trying hard enough. Like there's just none of that. And like I I need someone cuz I don't think it's Tingler and I don't think it's Machado or Hosmer. Like I need someone for when the team is rolling over and the team's getting beat by a lot to call and to call them out. And, and show up and be like, where are the rest of you motherfuckers? Like, I'm here. And I feel like last year, that was usually Grish, sometimes Machado, sometimes Tatis. And this year, there's a lot less of that. And I I don't want to say, like, the they've, they found an identity without crowds, and now they don't know how to find that identity again with crowds, although that may actually be the case. But do you agree with me that, like, there's there's some sort of, like, connective tissue lacking in this year's team that that seemed to be there last year that could be the nature of the shorter season too sure you know it, it and, and it was as you mentioned a completely different thing and there was no crowd to feed off of and these guys have grown up their whole professional lives and and you know all their adult lives playing in front of crowds and that it, it's such a shocking change i, I do think you know, and I remember when you talked about that, and I, I do agree with a lot of the feedback you got that that was probably just a reflection of the COVID season in some ways. But maybe it's that you can't keep that energy up for 162, and the Padres do the best they can, and Machado recognized that and added the swag chain to try and get some of that swagger back in the dugout. Um, maybe Tatis is the genesis of it, and without him there, playing you know there's less sunlight for everyone but they've you know, had, they've is had, a unique case. they've had plenty of of embarrassing losses with tatis on that field and like what sure. i'm what i'm saying is they need someone who when they're getting embarrassed gets pissed about it and doesn't just like kind of sulk and i feel like last year like they were they were kind of the comeback kids like they were winning in extra innings it was like comebacks all the time a lot of times they yeah. were just beat up on opposing bullpens and this year, I feel like they're just not as good at coming back as is not as good at coming back is the wrong way to phrase it. They're not as good at believing in themselves when they're losing. They're they're and like last year, like they would be down and you could tell that they were just like, oh, it's just a matter of time before we get to these fucking guys. And there's just that's not there anymore. And like I don't know 
who to blame that on. Like, if someone like Machado or Hosmer had left, I'd be like, oh, that's what we're doing. We're missing that guy. But we're not missing anybody. Nobody left. It's just like the team acts different than it did last year. And I don't even think it's a matter of like, I mean, maybe mentally it is like, oh, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, like, how many games have they been like absolutely embarrassed in this year? 10? Like you can get up for 10 games. You can you can get pissed off for 10 games. You can get fired up for 10 games. Even if you lose. Like you can you can give a shit and you can believe in yourself a little bit more than this team has. And I don't know where that's coming from. And it's it's maybe the most bothersome part of this team. And and I I think I talked about it a little bit last week too and that like the problem with this team is not really like, yeah, you could use more starting pitching depth, but like, that's not the thing that's killing the whole team. Like the thing that's killing the whole team is that when their back is against the wall, they never seem to push away from it. They just kind of seem to sit there and sulk and not give a shit. And like, I I just think lately, I, I don't agree with that. I just think lately, I mean, the Washington game isn't that far in the rear view mirror. You know, there have been plenty of the examples Camarena of game? rising off the deck. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, that, no, they, no, that game doesn't count, Craig, because Daniel Camarena coming up to the plate was them giving up the fucking game. Daniel Camarena oh, hitting a grand slam. The players slam. didn't give up. No, they gave up until Daniel Camarena hit a grand slam, and then they were like, holy shit, we can't. Yeah, actually, we, that's a great point. We can't lose this game. Like, Daniel Camarena woke the team up by hitting a grand slam. Like, that. that's that's not a, repeat, uh, okay, it's not but, a repeatable thing. But even thing. so, Will, let's not, not forget the part of that. Like, Will Myers had an incredible at-bat before that that even oh, sure. got Camarena to the plate. The team was playing hard, and, and that's different from yesterday, where yesterday I said to one of the the people I was there at the game with, now that the team's down like this and the pitchers are being allowed to hit, no one is going to try until someone does something good. You know, that's, like, that's, that's the team's what I'm just going to... They don't, they don't wake up until right someone now. does something good. And then sometimes nobody does anything good and they never wake up. And that could be where we are again tonight. You know, I, I'm hoping that this game turns around and changes, but the Padres of the last five weeks lose these games where they're ahead and fall behind. The Padres of 2020, once their offense was activated, every game was contested. You know, it, it was very rare that no matter what the deficit was, that they wouldn't just try and grind out the, the game and, and get the win. And I, I I'm, I'm really frustrated with the direction of this right now, John. I feel like the maximum upside is to be uh, like a, a plus 180 underdog in the wild card game, uh, and that might be generous. Uh, and the the downside is this whole thing falls apart. I mean, the Reds won 12 to three tonight. You know, and, and yeah. fuck the Reds. I know. No, I know. fuck them. Fuck them to hell. But but when the Padres lose to terrible teams. On the reg, and and this, if they lose tonight, it's yet another example, John, of a week where they won two games in a row and everything looks good, and then they throw a turd in the punch bowl, and then they lose the next one too, and all of a sudden it's it's two and two instead of three and one or four and zero. Right, and you lose any momentum that you had, and I think that's part of the reason. Like this team needs to see themselves succeeding before they believe in it, which is unfortunate, and they see themselves succeeding a little bit. And then they have one of these games and they're like, ah, we're not actually that good. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps. You know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, okay. I have a question for you, but first, we have a lot of people in here. This might be the largest group therapy we've ever done. We should maybe do them more often during games, because uh, this is, I think, the first time we've done this, and, and there's just a billion people here. Um, so if any of those people want to uh, voice their frustration or their hope or their sadness or whatever, this is group therapy. That is the point of it. Um, hit the little hand button. Raise your hand. Uh, I will let you I will let you join here with me and Craig. You'll come up on stage. Your microphone will be turned on. You'll be able to say anything you want to say uh, unless it's terrible, and then I will just kick you off the stage. Um, so by all means, uh, I want to hear some of your voices. But Craig, first, I have a question for you, and if anyone else feels like answering this question um feel free to raise your hand and you can answer it too so let's fast forward uh, hypothetically let's assume that either the padres miss the wild card game the reds blow past them they, they don't even get that uh, or or let's assume they get to the wild card game and they don't win it you know they lose to the giants or the dodgers um let's assume that there are one or zero postseason games for the padres this year when you okay. get, when you get to the off season, and assuming that there's nothing like dramatic that happens uh, in the next month and a half, um, when you get to the off season, someone asks you, you know, why did the Padres end up the way they ended up? Why did they end up, you know, not with a better record? Why did they end up lower than whatever the expectations were? And you have to sum it up in like a sentence or two. What is your answer for like what happened and I guess potentially how to fix it or your your idea of how to fix it? Well, the one sentence answer that I would give to someone on the street, presuming the trajectory you told me is very simple. They ran out of pitching. I'd say they ran out of pitching. But why did they, right. why, why did they run out of pitching? Was it poor planning? Was it bad luck? Was it bad coaching? Why? I think there's a combination of all of those things. Uh, this is a unique season with a mid-season sticky ban that definitely had a negative effect on almost every Padres starting pitcher, except for Blake Snell, who was bad to begin with. Um, he's like the one guy who wasn't using the sticky, I guess, and it, and it showed. Um, but... 100% whether or not the Padres get past that binary playoff scenario that you laid out, I think they should pursue a pitching coach other than Larry Rothschild. Um, I don't think he's, for all of the time he spent in the Yankees organization, I, I still don't think he has the ability to communicate the message in a way that's necessarily effective. 
And I think the fact that almost every single one of the San Diego Padres pitchers, other than Melanson, a couple guys are pitching the worst baseball of their career um, is a problem. You know, uh, by the way, the, uh, as we're talking now, the Padres are losing seven to two to the shitty Arizona Diamondbacks, the worst team in baseball, um, looking to beat them again uh, for the second time in four games. And it's just, it's deeply disappointing. You're supposed to have built an ultra, ultra grade bullpen, but the team plays concession baseball on the regular and doesn't get aggressive in situations where they're right right now uh jace tingler's given up on this game he's just going to let matt strom pitch until it's 10 to 2 12 to 2 it doesn't matter he's not going to try and stem the bleeding because they're on to tomorrow and the the problem that i've really got with this is i i honestly think john you and i have had a blase attitude toward the padres abilities relative to major league baseball and we've said, oh, they'll just rise to the occasion. And maybe they will. Maybe they will. But the Dodgers have gotten better. And they've had a fuck ton of injuries. Okay? Injuries and suspensions and untoward things. Not to give them any credit, but it's just a fact. The Giants have gotten better. And they're not dropping off. And they won big uh, again today. And so, like, we make excuses for the Padres. Left, right, and said, oh, yeah, well, you drop games against Arizona. It's okay. They're just getting ready for the big games in September. The Dodgers aren't getting ready for those games. The Giants aren't getting ready for those games. The, the, the Padres aren't the third best team in this division right now by a mile. And it, it's really disappointing the way that they've kind of settled into just being okay with that. Maybe that's in hindsight, going to be the right thing to have done. And, and that's why, you know, you brought, you've brought up so many times that A.J. Preller quote um, in A.J. Katzevel's piece. You've called it uh, Preller calling out the team and, or calling out the starters and saying they have to pitch better. And, and I, I don't disagree necessarily, but here's what I really think. I think that there are two ways to read that quote. One is calling out those pitchers and saying they have to pitch better. The other is saying it doesn't matter what I do, that we don't have enough. Okay, It's we, just not enough. I think and, and we are only going to know that and at the end of the year. And right now the evidence, as they're now down 9-2, to two, is they just don't have enough. And he knew that. And that was a concession speech. I think there's a third option. I think you're you're right that it's probably one of those two things, but there is a third option. And I want to go back to your answer to me about like why they ran out of pitching and what you would do about it in the off season, which was basically get rid of Larry Rothschild. Um, the third way you could have looked at that quote from Preller is a pretty simple. I gave you guys the talent. I, I filled the roster with talent and it's not my fault that we're losing. And I thought that meant he's calling out the players. But he easily could have been calling out the coaching. And saying, I gave you guys 
the the number two guy in Cy Young voting last year, the guy who won the Cy Young three years ago, uh, a, a, a guy who has Cy Young talent in Musgrove. Like I filled this roster with talent and all the weaknesses were, were filled with top end talent and you guys fucked it up, not me. Now here is my little spiel. I think Jace Tingler walked in and the team gave him a chance because why not, right? Like he, he, he's a nice enough guy. He's trying hard. Uh, you know, they, they have a, a talented roster for the first time in a, a long time. He seems like he's got the ear of the GM. Um, he speaks a little Spanish. He was a significant upgrade over Andy Green. And, and for the guys that were here for Andy Green, that was enough. Sure. But after a while, you got to prove one of two things you got to prove that you're either really good at this or you got to prove that you've been there before. You've done this. Either you have a World Series ring or something comparable to it so that the guys are like, wow, we can lean on him and he knows what he's talking about when he's telling us what it takes. And like, Dave Roberts is a bad manager. He's proven he's not good at it, but he has the ring and he knows what it takes and because of that, players will respect him. And that's true of a lot of managers in baseball. So in that regard, I think there's a chance that they have begun to tune out Jace Tingler because they're like, who the fuck is this guy? Where, where, What has he ever accomplished in his life that he can tell me what I need to do to, to get to a World Series? He had no shit. He's never been there. Never done anything. And by the way, he's not a good manager. Like That easily could be the thought of the players. I'm not saying it is, but it easily could be. But I want to go on your Rothschild point because I think I, – I, I just think Larry Rothschild needs to go, right? I think his his whole spiel is predicated on sliders and sticky stuff, and, and those days are over. And he hasn't done much with a very talented pitching staff, um, and Darvish keeps getting injured now. And uh, the Motehone's gone again, and et cetera, et cetera. I also think – when it comes to, and this wasn't always the case, but when it comes to like the modern day athlete, especially the modern day baseball player, again, it's kind of the the Tingler thing. Either you got to prove that you're really good or you have to prove that you've been there and you've done it, or you at least have to be young enough to understand the modern game of baseball. And like, I guarantee you, these guys understand that there is a difference between baseball being played in 2021 than there is baseball that was being played in 1990. And because of that, when a guy who's 67 years old is trying to tell them how to play baseball today, they're more likely to ignore that guy. I'm going to give you a quick pop quiz. Do you know who the pitching coach is for the LA Dodgers? Oh, um... Former, wow. Former San Diego Padre, by the way. Well, kind of. Oh, yeah. It's Mark Pryor. It's Mark Pryor. You know how old Mark Pryor is? Probably low 40s now He's, or late 30s. He is 40 years old. Uh, I have already forgotten his name, but I looked it up a few minutes ago. Do you know the age of the Tampa Bay Rays pitching coach? Do you want to wager a guess? Oh, God. Yeah, I, I would guess that Kevin Cash is like barely 40 himself. So right. It's uh, he's, he's 43. The, the pitching coach is 43. Um, it, it's just kind of trying to make my point of like your, your coaches should either be 
incredibly talented and probably young enough to relate to today's baseball player, or they need to come with some sort of like hardware that makes everyone respect the hell out of them. And Larry Rothschild and Jace Tingler are kind of neither. And I, I, if you wanted to talk me into like, that's why this team seems like it doesn't give a shit because they need a real leader who either has hardware that they're all like, Oh, I want some of that. Or they need someone young enough that they feel like he can hear them. Um, I, I, I would listen to that. Okay. We have people putting up their hands. I want to give other people a chance to vent. This is not just me and Craig being frustrated. Uh, Slam Daris is joining us now. How you doing, buddy? Hey guys. How's it going? Going good. Cool. So quick question, uh, coming up premise of the question is, um, I think that AJ's best hits for talent has been kind of pro gearing guys that are high level in the minors or about to hit the major leagues, i.e. Jake Cronenworth, um, yep. you know, yep. Um, Grisham, so yeah. On, Grisham, exactly. Um, so he's done this on offense. My question to you guys is, do you think that he can do this on pitching? Can you structure a trade for a high level pitcher? It doesn't really seem like it would happen, or rather a high level, like a, you know, a, a decent pitcher that's, uh, you know, triple A or whatnot. I mean, is that even possible to structure a deal like that? Is it something that AJ could do? Because he's been so successful getting talent from that pool. You know, guys that have been in the majors, you know, we obviously seen what's come over with Darvish and, you know, everything else has been okay, but not great. You know, Clevenger got hurt right away. Um, is that, do you think AJ could do that? Basically. Or is it a blind spot uh, in, in, yeah. his, uh, in his portfolio? I, I think it's an open question, to, to tell you the truth, Slim Darius. I mean, because when you really do look at what he's done, he has rarely – he's he's the anti-Kevin Towers in many ways, <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's all Kevin had an eye for, was that yeah. AAA guy on another team that maybe didn't have the best ERA, but – he could see how that guy would fit in and compete for his club and he would go get him. And, you know, that's why they called Kevin Towers famously the sludge merchant, right? Is he's a, he's a guy who could, who could find something in the sludge. I, I don't see that in AJ Preller quite honestly at all. What I see is a loud tools scout who, as John has mentioned, and it becomes more apparent the more you look and examine he, he buys high. He buys when someone is popping. You know, he, he buys when something looks good as like a finished product to come in. So Blake Snell has a great outing in the World Series against the Dodgers. That's a perfect guy to put against the Dodgers. That's going to work out, you know. Uh, Musgrove with his spin rate improvements in Pittsburgh last year. Okay, we're, we're buying high on that. And, you know, while you said he's found the Cronenworths and Grishams, and he's found the position player guys that he could get on the cheaper and develop into stealth contributors and regulars for the team. Uh, he's just basically bought pitching like you would buy a car walking onto the lot. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, like finding yeah, yeah. the shiny one that test drives well, falling in love and going and getting it. Yeah. And just buying it and then figuring out the cost, you know, a few just months down the salesman word every time. Just oh yeah, sure, I'll take that. I'm, I'll drive it right off. Yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really blame 
Um, I want to I want to combine uh, kind of what what Craig said with with a little bit more. But I like the idea that like because Preller buys high, it would be kind of impossible for him to ever get a triple A pitcher. Because if a triple A pitcher is pitching well, the team is the major league team is never giving up on that guy. Right. Ever. And, and until he gets called up to the majors like a couple times and is bad then. Like the and that's that's almost like the Cronenworth situation. It's it's not quite the Grisham situation, but like maybe that's the level that like Preller could maybe find someone is a a young pitcher who was great in triple A, gets called up to the majors, gets bombed, happens a couple times. And Preller's, Preller's like, I believe in that guy. Uh, but at the same time, he's shown a penchant to, like, give up on guys like that. Um, I mean, I guess Patino he gave up on to get Blake Snell. But he has shown a penchant for, like, players that were absolute dynamite in the minors. Like, they come up to the majors and they get bombed a couple times. And he's just like, eh, I guess he wasn't that good after all. So, um, yeah, you know, every, every GM has blind spots nobody's perfect if that's prellers um it makes sense and hopefully dave cameron can can help him to uh, identify some some targets uh okay next up in the queue is pj shoe pj shoe how are you doing tonight what's up guys i'm doing okay you sound welcome great. sir you sound great that's a good microphone you're on all right well it's just my phone so perfect. uh but i will say i uh on you know what you guys deemed black friday um i got really really uh bearish on larry rothschild and went down a huge rabbit hole of his career and you know not in defense of his pitching coach abilities which i think are pretty much proven to be uh outdated at this point um but in defense of him being on this team for just this year he was, and I don't know if you guys have talked about this or know this, but he was kept on after Joe Girardi was fired um, in order to train Aaron Boone and not necessarily for, like, his pitching coach abilities. Like, the Yankees had pretty much given up on him um, at that point. They fired basically the entire rest of the staff with Girardi, but they kept him on, and... The idea was he trained Boone because Boone didn't know how to manage. Then Boone, you know, once he feels good after the season, we fire off Larry and the rest of the pitching staff and move on. And I think there is something to be said about Larry being like a veteran guy that knows how to, you know, manage the team as a whole. He's managed himself um, and him giving Tingler some direction. Now, as for not having any kind of, significant uptick in tingler's managing abilities this year i I don't know if it's a failure or not but i do think that that's something that is worth talking about and worth giving credit to like preller as far as uh you know seeing that and trying to mirror that what a fascinating uh hypothesis john that rothschild is the uh mediocre to shitty pitching coach who is the stealth manager trainer so this is this is this is great. This is great. I had no idea uh, any of this. This is wonderful information from PJ Shu. I, I like this as a theory, but you know what I find very funny, Craig? Did you know Larry Rothschild yeah. was a manager? 
At one point in his career, yes. I okay. think the Marlins, wasn't he the original manager of the Marlins? That is incorrect. He was, I believe, the original manager of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Oh, that's it. It was Renee Latchman that was the original manager of the Marlins. Okay. That is correct. Yes. Uh, so Larry Rothschild managed the Devil Rays for three seasons and then 14 games in his, his fourth season. Um, and obviously they're an expansion team, so they were terrible. They went, he won 63 games, 69 games, 69 games, and then he went four and 10 and he got fired. Um, I just find it funny based on the, the whole like age thing that I just gave in that when he was the manager of the devil rays, he was 44, 45 and 46 years old. Um, that, which, you know, was uh, then 20 years ago. So absolute lifetime ago. Anyway, I, I found that to be humorous as a, an addendum to what we were just talking about. Um, I, I, I enjoy this idea. Uh, and I, I also, I, I enjoy it for, um, two reasons that I find laughable. Number one, uh, based on record alone, Larry Rothschild proved himself to be a terrible manager. Um, this is major league sports. So just being a terrible manager, he should have gotten another gig as a, a bad manager somewhere else because that's how, how things work. You just become a retread and he never got another managerial gig. And I, right. abs- but and he I, was such a good, such a quote unquote, good pitching coach that he had that as his fallback, you know, route. But, he but went I, back in his lane, but I love the idea. I love the idea that Aaron Boone had to be trained on how to be a manager. Wasn't Bob Boone manager of the Reds for like 30 years? Well, and, and, you know, right. And his dad, but doesn't mean he, that Aaron Boone knew how to be a manager. Aaron Boone hadn't managed shit. He hadn't managed more than his rotisserie team. But what, but what, 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 he what took I'm, over the Yankees dugout. What I'm saying is like, he easily could have called up his dad or like any his other number of older them. than Larry Rothschild. I, I, I'm just saying like, I, I don't, I, I don't know that I look at Aaron Boone's success with the Yankees and be like, man, what a great job Larry Rothschild did. But you know, I could see the Padres being like, Hey, Tingler needs someone in there who could you know, teach him the ropes. And, uh, yeah. it can't, it can't be Balsley. He's never managed before. Uh, so let's get Larry Rothschild in here to do it, and he'll be the pitching coach too. Like that's that would be hilarious to me. Well, yeah, it, you know, there were times earlier in the year that I know we were asked, you know, where to give Rothschild credit, and two months into the year, the Padres had the best ERA in baseball True. as a collective staff, and it's been steadily downhill from there. And the corrections we've seen have come straight out of the. Uh, stereotype playbook of Larry Rothschild. Blake Snell is now throwing more sliders than ever. You know, Joe Musgrove is throwing more sliders than ever. You Darvish throws 20 pitches, but he can't stay healthy. And uh, it's it's redundant. Everyone's performance has suffered. And maybe, in again, in retrospect, maybe the biggest thing we're going to say if there is a tombstone on this club in 2021 is transitioning from 60 games to 162 the club wasn't ready like it just wasn't ready they thought they had the pitching depth they didn't have half of what they needed they thought they could go ahead and continue without adding to it and it turned out they couldn't you know and and they've got plenty of games to turn that narrative around and to make it successful and anything over one playoff game will put all of this shit in the rearview mirror but I, i tell you what games like this against terrible teams it really does make it, it, it dispirits you because it's not just a day. It's a fucking pattern. It's a pattern that's that's over two months long now. And when you continue to see it 
like, you know, you almost can't help but go, you really think this is going to just get better because you start to play dramatically better competition? And that's, and that's, (laughs) that's the thing. It is, it is a problem that is so stark and has been going on for so long that it is no longer ignorable. It's, it's not going to fix itself. They have to diagnose it and then they have to come up with a solution for it. And then they have to execute that solution. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, now, as I move on to my second uh, incredibly delicious Hop Valley Brewing beer... I made a mistake here, Craig. I mentioned Dave Roberts, which is like a bat signal for our buddy (laughs) Jeff, uh, the Red Sox fan. And so Jeff is now joining us to undoubtedly tell us how the Red Sox went from exactly where the Padres are right now, getting pummeled by the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, and somehow that led to them winning a World Series. So Jeff, I'm so glad you are here to shine uh, sunshine and light on all of us and make us feel better about the current situation. How are you tonight, my friend? I'm good, and you know that wasn't what I was gonna ask. But now that you <laughs> mention it, John, what you say? You know, you know it's, I, I, I give everyone one question. You can have two. This the because you, you came with one. And I, I I I misinterpreted what it was going to be. Okay. Well, it is a fact that again we uh, I always bring it back to 2004, as you know, and. Uh, the one thing that people do not remember about that 2004 Red Sox team, they remember October. They remember coming back from 3-0 to the Yankees. They don't remember that from May 1st until about the middle of August, they were a 500 team. And Terry Francona, in his first year as manager, picked up the nickname Terry Francoma. Uh, and there were even people that were wondering maybe he should be fired uh, because they just – kept spitting their wheels, you know, even after that famous uh, A-Rod uh, Veritech fight game at the end of July, and everyone was like, oh, they got the spark, and here we go. They still went another three weeks where they were a 500 team. And they finally, at the end of August, they went on this crazy, like, they went like 20 out of 25 games, and it secured the wild card. So even that team, as hallowed and as, you know, no one, you know, they never have to buy a beer in Boston ever again in their lives. They were a really lousy team for about three and a half months, and people were really frustrated with them. Uh, so that maybe, I don't know, we you could draw and you could take that for as much as you want to take it. But my question is, um, you know, for all of our talk about how frustrated we are, none of us are signing the checks, right? And, and I just I just wonder, because I don't know, and I don't know if anyone really knows, you know, what does Peter Seidler think about what's happening here? And, Good question. You know, like, and so, like, 
you can debate all the, for the rest of the season whether or not AJ Preller, how much blame should he get, whatever. If Peter Seidler decides that AJ Preller is to blame, right? I mean, what's to stop him from making the move? And of course, so I'm going to bring it back to 2004 one more time. But is Peter Seidler the type of owner that would make the move and then say try to lure former San Diego Padre front office? guy young guy named theo epstein would he try to lure someone like him to be the general manager to be his general manager and put his imprint on the team i don't know enough about peter seidler to know if that's the kind of thing he would do but i do wonder i mean i am i would love to be a fly on the wall to know what he thinks about what's going on and and the fact that they didn't make whatever moves they didn't make at the trading deadline because ultimately he's the only opinion that's going to matter as far as what happens in the offseason right yeah, and that's a fa- that's a fascinating uh, question to explore because here's the thing, John. The Padres are about to bump up against maybe barely cross, which would really suck uh, the competitive balance tax, and have to pay a fine to the league. Even if it's a small fine, it's really stupid because it sets them up for a larger fine uh, the next year, which means it ties their hands. Uh, in terms of their spending options, and, and instead of the go for it move to fix a team that fails to make the playoffs or blows out in the wild card game, as we we're talking about today, uh, everyone would be really frustrated to find out that just because we paid Daniel Hudson what he was owed, uh, we crept a million dollars over the the CBT, and because of that, uh, we wind up not making a big move because any move we make. Uh, is going to result in in Seidler having to pay two times. All right, I say that as a setup for this. You know where you never have to pay a competitive balance tax, John? Where? When you change your coaching staff. When when you when you bring in your uh, front office staff. There's no salary cap for the front office. So I think Jeff makes a really interesting point in terms of like. Seidler is not Ron Fowler. Ron Fowler, back when he was a, a, a you know rosy-cheeked first-year owner of the San Diego Sockers, would do pretty much what he did on the Mighty 1090 as Padres owner. He would come out in the newspaper and blast the team if they lost a game that he thought they didn't play well in. You know, and he wanted to make sure everyone knew how upset he was. Peter Seidler doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. So we just don't know. Uh, whether he's furious or simmering or whatever. But if he is constrained from a big league roster standpoint, it's because A.J. Preller put him there. And if he did decide to make a front office move, that's a place where he could spend whatever he wanted to bring in whatever guru he wanted uh, and to do so without affecting the competitive balance tax. Okay, so... The Padres signed A.J. Preller to an extension through the 2026 season in February of this year. He's not going anywhere. (laughs) That being said, Craig, have you ever met Peter Seidler? No. Okay, so Peter is uh, an absolute weirdo, even more so when you consider the fact that he owns a professional sports franchise because pretty much every owner you meet is so competitive that they come off as being fucking angry and paranoid all the time. Peter is the opposite of that. 
Here is a yogi who believes in the power of positive thinking. He believes in the power of positive mentality. Peter is not an idiot. He's very smart, but he's not an angry man. He's not furious. He's not simmering. And I don't think he's the type to like just fire people because they didn't live up to some sort of unrealistic expectations. I believe or realistic expectations. Or realistic the, expectations. The Padres making the playoffs was a realistic expectation sure. we uh, signed up for. My understanding, and I'm not going to pretend like I know everything, my understanding is that Peter is very good about not micromanaging the team. He That's lets cool. He lets AJ handle a lot of that. So I imagine there are regular meetings between him and AJ, and I imagine there'll be another one at the end of the season when they're, you know, probably not popping champagne and planning a parade, where he asks AJ what went wrong. And AJ can't say, because he knows that Seidler is smart, he can't say nothing. He can't say, we got unlucky. He's going to have to throw somebody under the bus. He's going to have to give some sort of explanation as to what the hell happened and how they're going to be better next year because Peter definitely wants to win. And he is tasking A.J. Preller with getting him there. And there have been times when A.J. told him, I need money to win. And Peter said, okay. I need Manny Machado at $300 million to win. Okay. I need to chase Bryce Harper. Okay. I need you, Darvish, and I need Blake Snell, and I need their big contracts. Okay. Like, anytime AJ has come to him and said, I need this, Peter has said okay. Because he believes in AJ Preller, and honestly, I still do as well. And so, I don't think AJ Preller is going anywhere. I don't think Theo Epstein is coming here. Um, there's another really funny question that I want to get to in the text group therapy, although we have one more person that I'm going to let speak with us. Um, but I think AJ Preller is completely and totally secure in his job for at least the next four or five years. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think this is a partnership between him and Peter Seidler to try and build a team that can win the World Series. Um, okay, joining us now is uh, a buddy that I used to ride bicycles with alex pena how you doing alex good good how are you hanging in there oh cool uh yeah so really great input I, i'm really liking the chat here because uh this is like exactly what i like talking about is like organizational structures and how everybody's role works and you know things like that that's basically what you study in college you know when you go to business school and stuff like that you want to know what roles work and what don't and how you know you should set up your organizations and stuff like that so like i i just want a couple things to add to what uh you know what people have said so far uh the one thing about larry rothschild that i remember the the reason that he was brought in was for aj tingler like because he like rothschild has managed before in the past they specifically brought him in because of that experience and th that was one of the reasons they gave uh, to you know ship falsely out which was you know kind of kind of a shame that they had to do that but 
so that you know there's that and also uh with him being you know older i mean they they also try to set up you know we we don't we probably only pay attention to the coaches like the hitting coach and pitching coach and the manager but they also have some younger guys that are like 28 30 years old that are kind of like conduits that try to help you know the younger guys and help also the coaches you know you know, get a good feel for each other and like what, you know, you know, get, get a good understanding for, but um, yeah, I think, you know, if it's really like a Rothschild, you know, problem or a Tingler problem, it, it might be like much bigger than that. Like they might have like an organizational problem. And uh, I think my question to you guys, like if, you know, if somehow, some way, you know, all of this hits the fan like in a really bad way and uh they have to you know hit hit the eject button on somebody and if it's tingler do you do you feel like the aj move it because you know they're so close and obviously it'd be a very difficult thing to do that they would still keep him on some other like low-key role in the organization and just kind of like have him in the background and not really technically fire him and then bring somebody else or do we, do you think uh uh they'll just you know hit a jack and just send him out um the oh and one more thing on uh Peter Seidler uh that you were saying John like he is really smart uh he's the type of guy that like reads the MVP machine I, I remember seeing that on his Instagram before like he he reads those like analytical books like he's really into it like he's really into that side of baseball so i kind of wonder if uh you know if like what he's seeing right now kind of meets his expectations or not uh but uh i, I kind of wonder what you think on the whole uh what they would what they would do with the uh, tingler if uh if it you know if it all falls apart all right. First of all, that well, is that yeah, that's, that's that's the first time that I've ever heard uh, Don Orsillo on our podcast. I'm really I'm very excited that that Don got in there in the background. <laughs> um, secondly, uh, I am like, what's the opposite of being a fan? I am a hater of when people are fired from their positions but not actually fired. They're just reassigned to another position, despite the fact that everyone knows that they've been fired, and they they pretty much just go home with a new title and business cards don't mean anything. Uh, just like exactly what they did with Darren Balsley. Um, so I sincerely hope they wouldn't do that with Jace Tingler. Um, cause I, I feel like that's just a bad, a bad thing to do organizationally. I think it's a coward's way out and I don't think it benefits the, the team in any way. Um, I don't think it's an organizational problem right now. I, I don't think what, what's going on with the, the Padres is an organizational issue. Uh, I, I, I do think it could be a coaching issue. Um, but I, I don't think it's an organizational issue. Um, there's probably a question there I missed, but go on, Craig. Well, just kind of echoing what you said about Preller or adjusting it. I think Kingler as well. I said it Monday. I still think if the team loses 30 in a row here, he won't be fired. Um, and Seidler probably is the guy that's willing to take something and look at it as in some way a learning experience or to recognize where he agreed to sign off on the checks of, of pitchers who underperformed and let everyone blame Rothschild and, and re-rack 
through 2022 with the necessary adjustments and hopefully Abrams and et cetera and so on and so forth. I do not think uh, what you just said to lead into Alex Pena, you said that Preller is safe for four or five years. I, I disagree. I think 2023 is the clear line in the sand. That is the year that Manny Machado can opt out. And it's the year that Darvish is off the books, Musgrove, Snell, everyone's off the books. So if this team fails this year, fails next year, fails 2023, A.J. Preller won't be the, man the general manager in 2024. That won't happen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Fair enough. And you, you, you very well could be right. Um, I know it's like we're we're basically at an hour, but we haven't even really touched the the questions in the the text chat. So do you want to go in a few extra minutes and touch some of those? Because there's one of the funniest questions I've ever read in my life in here. Please, let's do it. I want to. I I just want I want your cold reaction to this. Uh, it's your boy asked. I'm assuming sincerely. How would you guys feel if after this season the Padres fired Jace Tingler? and Larry Rothschild, and brought back Bruce Bochy and Darren Balsley. Get the band back together, so to speak. <laughs> um, <laughs> that would probably really, that would probably work just as well as the Friends reunion. You know, like, it would seem good on paper or a billboard, but once you started doing it, you'd realize that no one was into it for the right reasons, and it would be bad. I, I, I would not, I would hope they would go the exact opposite direction if they changed Thank any you. leadership. Thank you. I think it's the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard in my life. This this goes back to, uh, God, I used to do this with the Chargers when I covered the Chargers. Like, anytime a coach or player became a free agent that had previously been a Charger, every Charger fan would lose their mind. We have to go sign that guy. And I'm like, no, no, no. He just got cut because he's bad. Or, like, Bruce Bochy's retired because he's fucking old. Like, Bochi, Bochi would still be coaching the Giants if he wanted to coach the the Giants. Like, I... The, the, Counterpoint, the, Tony La Russa has the best record in the American League. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fallacy. He's a drunk, and that is a team filled with talent, and I don't know how they're doing that. Um, okay, here's a question from Dean. I think this is a follow-up to the, uh, the, the Rothschild is, is Tingler's manager thing, and this is a good follow-up. Why is Rothschild never in Tingler's ear? He's always sitting by himself, not communicating to everyone. Maybe the era was good the first month because they were still working off what their old pitching coaches taught them. 
that's 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 a funny way to end that um well you know the sunny gray story is such a cautionary tale and, and how gray said things such as you know i never heard anything useful from him or you know he never had any solutions for me and it does make me wonder if this guy's a stick in the mud or he's stale and all of these pictures have regressed in San Diego. I mean, San Diego isn't really a place where people have come and gotten better. And San Francisco really, really is. And LA is. And if we're going to be third on the tip in that category, John, the Padres are going to have, I, I, I'm sorry, the Padres are going to be the 2000 teens Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll get a couple wild card game chances, and that'll be it. You know, I was just I was just telling someone about the those Pirates teams and how what a cautionary tale they are because they literally went in on the trading deadline as a buyer every single one of those years, going like this is going to be the year, and every year they would end up in a one game playoff, and every year they would lose the one game playoff, and it like whatever the Pirates were so bad for so many years. And then they finally built up a farm system and then they got rid of the farm system in hopes of just getting past that one game. And then they never did. Um, okay. A couple more uh, good questions and then we'll get out of here. Uh, our buddy Chaloa uh, said, I'm going to try and keep this lighthearted because this group has been super serious recently. If you had to make an entire roster comprised of one player where they play every single position, including pitcher, who do you choose and why? Well, it's down to two off the top. And I mean, I think I'll take the Preller side of it and I'll say that obviously it's Tatis. Tatis would be uh, the best infielder and the best outfielder. According to their coaches, he's already a potential gold glove outfielder, having never played there. And I'm guessing he'd be fine as a pitcher. However, there is John, an obvious second choice. Shohei Otani is the obvious choice. You're thinking that he asked for Padres. He did not specify Padres. The obvious second Padre choice is, is Jake Cronenworth, who has, right. who has played every infield position and has been a pretty good pitcher in his career. But he didn't specify Padres. So the obvious answer is Shohei Otani. Yeah, yeah. Of course it's Shohei. He's, he's already. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, okay. I don't know how good a shortstop he'd be, though. He, I'm sure he'd figure it out. He's a ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous uh, athlete. Um, okay, two more questions. No, three more questions because this is too good. Um, John Percota, uh, it appears that Darvish and Musgrove's rebounds have occurred at the exact time that their spin rates have suddenly jumped up. A suspension for either of them could be devastating as things stand. Any concerns? And then I, I responded to that by saying... Um, Someone was pointing out that Tim Hill's rosin has returned to his hat, too. I think MLB has sent signs that they're calming down on enforcement. And he posted the chart showing that, uh, let's see, who is this? Tim Hill's uh, spin rate dropped for about two weeks and then went right back up after. Uh, and that that seems pretty similar to, to the other guys as well. Um, so are you concerned that uh, one of these guys is going to get suspended because they've gone back to using sticky stuff? I am not concerned about that. And here is why. When a cop hides behind a billboard, he will catch a few motorists speeding, right? Right. When the same cop hides behind the same billboard 
at the same time, every day, he will catch fewer and fewer motorists speeding. Because people will slow down on the billboard. Because everyone will know when you see the billboard, there's a cop behind it, and you slow down, right? I was explaining the sticky band to a member of our soccer's front office because we went to the god-awful Wednesday 7-0, throw the white flag in the third inning, why did any of you pay to come here game? (laughs) Uh, it, it It was one of the most angry times I've been as a Padre fan who pays. Like, you guys gave up. You, you fucking gave up. Why why am I here? Uh, but <laughs> as I was explaining the sticky band to a member of the front office who asked why the umpire went over to, to the to the pitcher after the inning, you know, I said, yeah, so now they check their cap and glove and belt buckle every game. And she asked the perfectly innocent question of, well, wouldn't they just put it somewhere else? <laughs> And I said, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like, baseball has turned into the cop that says, every day from three to five, I'm going to be behind this billboard waiting for you to speed. And then no one speeds. And he goes, wow, I never get any tickets. You know, like, they've taken all the element of surprise about it. They're like, at the end of the inning, we're going to check your belt buckle, your cap, your glove. Well, maybe you should now keep it on your ass or in your hair or on the side of your pants or whatever, you know? Right. But a place that they don't check. There's dozens of them. And uh, I think players have figured that out. It also could be, John, and I would accept this very much as an alternate explanation, that the they are checking very hard for spider tack, but they really don't give a shit about sunscreen and rosin because that's something that the players have accepted for honestly decades. I could see that. Um, okay, two more fun questions, and then we're getting out of here. Well, one of them's fun. The other's probably fun. Uh, future Padre Padre asked, what former Padre pitchers currently playing would you rather have on this team? He asked, uh, Cal Quantrill, Brad Hand, Wade LeBlanc, who I did not know was still pitching, and he said, Bass? Is there a Bass that's a former Padre pitcher who's still pitching? Anthony Bass. He just pitched for the Marlins against the Padres. Wait, what's his name? Anthony Bass. I do not recall an Anthony Bass. Yeah, he was a reliever for the Padres a few years ago and uh, as a very young man. And then he went to Texas for a while. And that's why you should remember Anthony Bass because you remember Texas things. I do. Uh, but he was the closer for Toronto like last year um and was pretty good and then in miami he's been just doing kind of a reliever role i think he was the closer at some point when you're a team that bad you no, kind of don't have a closer, a closer yeah. sometimes i i and, imagine uh, he's been okay i imagine your answer to this because you mentioned him earlier having three straight uh, quality starts is cal quantrill is it yeah can i only take one because i think any of those pitchers would be an upgrade <laughs> on our team you can only take one quantrill absolutely all right, I'm going to go with uh, Patino just to, to have someone different because um, he's been pretty good for the Rays this year. Um, yeah. Okay, last question from JCR. In the hypothetical world that our beloved Friar becomes canceled and the team name needs to be changed, 
what would your proposed name change and mascot be? I have not thought about this for one second. My brain just drew like 17 blanks trying to come up with one. So you go first, and we'll see if I have anything after that. Ah, you go. I really, that's, the, the, you know what the first, you, you want to you you know what, you want to know what the first idea that popped into my head was? Because like my, my brain is, is stupid because I'm a stupid person and, and so it doesn't factor in uh-huh. context. My brain was like, you know what would be a good name? The Brewers. And then I was like, hold on, wait a minute. We might already no, have one of those. we're the craft brewers. <laughs> yeah. It's a different kind of beer. Oh my God. Um... I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to solve that answer off the cuff. What's, uh, what's your, what's your, let's, let's do it differently. What is your favorite minor league team name of all time that could possibly be associated with, uh, in, in replacing the Padres? I will go first. The missions would work fine. Yeah, it's the mission. The, it's San, the, mission. the San Diego missions would be totally fine. The, the mascot would probably still be, um, a, a, a religious figure of some sort. It just wouldn't be the, the friar or a, uh, whatever. It would just be something else. Honestly, that's probably the answer. They could keep the bell, too. They could keep that's the, what I'm yeah, saying. Right. You could keep most of the motifs. You could keep most of everything. You know, changing it from Padres to Missions with all the same motifs, it would all work. Um, and, and, you know, right. I, I don't know. What are they going to do? They're going to be like SDSU instead of the friar. They're going to have the... Uh, the ambassador <laughs> there was there was a team and i feel like it was a i feel like it was a san diego minor league team but it could be wrong that did that they were the tacos for a night do you remember this i think that's right i think that you, um, you could and, be san diego tacos too that'd be fine yeah and then there's a team called the trash pandas and i mean we could just be the trash pandas because we're playing like them right now funny God, darn it. you should mention that because before we get out here, I'm going to tell you about which beer I'm currently drinking from Hot Valley. Do you know which one it is? No. It is called Stash Panda. It is called Stash, Stash pa- Panda. Stash Panda because uh, it, it, you know, it's related to trash pandas, uh, aka I think raccoons are trash pandas. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it's it's lovely. It's a lovely beer. I had the Pineapple Stash House as my my beer oh, number it's one. So amazing. Which is yeah, just that, an, an absolutely incredible beer. And then the Stash Panda, which is the hazy IPA, which is um, it's almost as good. Uh, still, a, a really, really great, a wonderful beer. I'm starting to run low on Hop Valley beer, so it's time that I go and buy some more um, this weekend. And since it is Thursday night, it is technically my weekend. So, woo whoop. Yeah, woo woo. Well, in closing, man, all I can say, and I hope I'm in a lot better mood on Monday, is I think it is completely all right in our therapy session to have some anger therapy and to let it out and to not, you know, we've just been like, I feel like almost incessantly positive all year. And, and probably it's still all going to work out. Probably it's still going to get to the same gosh darn place we thought a wild card game. And in a wild card game with a Fernando Tatis in the lineup, the Padres are still a scary out. But right now, they're not a great regular season team. Right. And they still have work to do to make the playoffs. And the possibility of them not making the playoffs, I, I think it really it gets a lot bigger every day that they just kick a shit can down the road and make a big ass mud pie on the plate and lose to the worst team in baseball. And the, you know, to, to the way they've lost the game on Wednesday and the way they are losing 
this game tonight, it's it's really discouraging because it shows me a team that doesn't give a shit until they want to get punched in the mouth. And I'm really afraid that I'm going to read a bandwagon beach article two weeks from now saying what a good thing it was that the Padres fell a half game behind the Reds in the wild card standing because that was the wake up call they really needed <laughs> to get to get out of their you know doldrums and to get going and that this game on this Wednesday night that they won after they fell behind in the wild card game that's the message that they needed to get going it's like bullshit every time that shit's out there they just get their ass kicked the next couple of games there's no such thing as a trend in baseball it's the most stupid fucking sport in the world no one should ever watch it ever they should only listen to this podcast. I love the idea that we have solved what's wrong with the Padres, and it's uh, my optimism on Bandwagon Beach. Obviously, That's it's, it. it's giving fix it's, that. John, <laughs> can you fix that, please? I think I have the uh, the authority to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Padres. Hunter, have a great weekend. Better than these jerks that are losing. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.